the millennial way. A podcast made for the on-the-go millennial, giving you tips and advice on how to up-level your career, teaching you the things they don't teach you in school. When they ask why, just tell them it's the millennial way. Here's your host, Chase Coleman. Y'all, happy Winning Wednesday. God, I'm so happy it's Winning Wednesday. What I got on my docket for today is nothing but a bunch of wins. We're about to go out there. We're about to show the world that today, who everybody thinks is hump day, is actually Winning Wednesday because it's time for us to win today. So today on the show, I want to welcome a good friend of mine, an old college football teammate of mine, who is now doing amazing things in the world, Andre Norris. Now you might be wondering who Andre Norris is. Andre is a project manager at Shelby County Schools. He graduated from Stetson University in 2015. That's right, just three years ago from about this time. He got his BA in Information Systems, and he moved out of sunny, sunny Florida all the way to Memphis, Tennessee by himself, where he knew absolutely nobody, And I know that he could talk about it a little bit more, but he works with people much older than him in his office. Now, why I like Andre for this episode is because we're going to talk a little bit about something that he did, which was instilling change in the workplace. As a millennial, he came in and realized that he needed to make change culturally, so he went and attacked it and started this new thing called Friendly Fridays. Like I said, and this is why we have Andre here. Andre, thank you so much for joining the Millennial Way with us today. How do you feel this Winning Wednesday? I feel really great. I am just really blessed to be here. Really excited to have an opportunity to actually be here, not only for the fact that it's uh, something that I look at and read periodically, but also because of the things that Millennial Way is talking about and the future that I think that Millennial Way has. God, we are so excited to have you here, man. That that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And before we dive into this, can you can you just give our followers a little bit of cliff notes on how you got to where you are now from all the way from college to moving to Memphis? Um sure. Uh, from from college I transferred from uh, Jackson State University where I, I received a full ride to play football. Uh, to Stetson University, uh, where I received a full ride for academics, and uh, from there, I decided that uh, my true passion was computers and, and video games and whatnot. So I got a degree in, in business analytics and, and and project management, specifically technology driven. Okay. Uh, from there, uh, you know how society and how our job market is right now it's really hard to break into uh not only your career path but a career path in general and i know on earlier episodes of millennial web and millennial talk specifically we talk about just how much effort time consideration and passion it takes to break into the barriers of the specific career field so when i got an opportunity to be or work 
work in the IT department, uh, I took it, and it just happened to be here in Memphis. I actually would have taken it in Alaska. I would have taken one in New York, Nebraska, <laughs> Idaho. The opportunity was I need to get myself in the door, and that's what Memphis and uh, the school system here allowed me to do. So when it came to moving and choosing your career path when you were in college, would you say that you had your sights set on just getting a job in technology in general, or was there something specific that you wanted to do? Oh, I specifically wanted to do something around either uh, hardware and devices or uh, the creation of new technology. I think that when you really understand the field that you say you love or are interested in, then you can really dive down into the specific path within it because technology is a large field within itself. So how did you figure out that technology was wanted was what you wanted to do? I know you mentioned video games and just being in tech earlier, but what really drove that passion or how did you find out what that passion was? Um, from an early age, uh, I things that dealt with technology, not just video games, but computers, um, calculators, um, radios, anything that dealt with a circuitry and uh, the way that something works and memory, okay. specifically data, uh, that has always been intriguing to me. So gotcha. when I started to get older and whatnot, it was just something that was in the back of my mind and and yeah, okay, there were fads about certain things I wanted to do, but when it comes down to your career, you know, they really say do what you love, but also do what comes naturally, because like, obviously no one's going to be perfect at something, but if something comes naturally to you, and then you also care about it, it's going to be easier for you to perfect that craft, and uh, just building technology the way that technology is created, uh, brought about, worked on, and things like that. Uh, that thought process kind of comes naturally. Gotcha, gotcha. I would, I would even air to say that technology is a newer space to companies and the workforce in general today. When looking at you know bigger companies like the Facebook and Pinterest of the world or the Twitters and Instagrams, they all have these great social networks that weren't even introduced until like 15, 20 years ago. And it's now that we're seeing them to be these great big companies. And I mean, shoot, if you look at the top five companies in from like a market cap standpoint, Apple and Google are two of the top companies up there. And it's just insane to even see that because if you were to look at that like five years ago, it'd be so different. So I, I commend you. And I think that technology is a, a growing and a very, very interesting space. But I do want to talk a little bit about Memphis. You're from Orlando, sunny, sunny Florida. It's hot year round there. Why Memphis? And I know you mentioned you'd move to Alaska or anything for the job, but what I really want to understand is really what made you so intrigued to move out of Florida? I know that a lot of our followers don't necessarily feel comfortable moving, and I want, I want to hear about your story and, and kind of your thought process on, on moving and then moving to Memphis as well. but I would say almost needed uh, not only for self-growth but for empathy and understanding on a much greater scale than yourself. That's interesting. 
So if you want to be the best person you can be in your career, that means you would be dealing with millions and di- millions and billions of different types of people, okay, that come from many different walks of life, with different circumstances, memories, ideas, experiences that they're basing all their actions and reactions off of. How could you be the best person in your role if you haven't experienced or dealt with as many people as you possibly can before you put yourself in front of someone and called them a customer? Absolutely. So that's from a professional standpoint if you want to you know, sharpen your knives to the greatest ability. From the standpoint of just being the greatest man I could be, I wanted to experience other things. And I know that everybody says they want to experience other things and it's hard to leave and it's hard to go and travel because, you know, here in Memphis, I don't know too many people. You know, Mm -hmm. you are walking into a new culture, wherever you move, you have an adjustment period, you have to meet new people, learn where, you know, you feel comfortable in that, in that environment, and then move accordingly, but at the same time, if I don't learn how to grow somewhere else, then I become stagnant, Yep. and I become blind to small inconveniences and difficulties that other people deal with every day, if I don't have to go down and travel and if I don't have to deal with people that are dealing with harder circumstances than myself then the mind is a muscle just like anything else muscle memory I don't have it I don't give it enough memory or muscle memory to have the ability to have empathy for people that they don't see god that's that's spot on and one thing that I realized moving as well is that it's like and I think, and you alluded to it in what you just said was that what I thought was normal is not really normal because there's so many different cultures just around this country. And I mean, shoot, you moved from Florida to Tennessee and most people would look on a map and say, oh, that's not that big of a move. It's still in the South. It's still the Southeast. But you even talked about how different of a culture it is. And it's, it's so true, I think, around the country and around just moving from city to city. So Man, we commend you for for moving all the way to Memphis. And would you would you say that you like it there? Would you say that that's a place that you want to stay for a little while? I would say that Memphis is a place for me to grow and get better at. I don't believe or get better in. I don't believe that wherever I would have moved, I would have stayed for long. Okay. So there's pros and cons to every place, and but I do like a lot of things that are here in Memphis so I mean it hasn't rushed me out the door but the idea was wherever I would have gone would have been just another step in the right direction okay that makes sense and would you say that there are things at Memphis that you'll take with you to whatever new city you move to that will always kind of stick with you whether it's just one small thing or a big thing that has kind of changed you since you've moved there oh for sure for sure I you know definitely am cemented in the fact that an environment really affects a body of people absolutely i i agree wholeheartedly and now Um, keep going oh i also uh would take away just the fact that um it's easy for someone that's standing 
outside of the cave to tell somebody how to get out. <laughs> I think that's a perfect analogy. Um, and that, and with that, talking about caves, let's let's talk a little bit about your job. So, can you tell all of our followers exactly what it is that you do? Okay, so I am a IT project manager for the Shelby County School District in Memphis, Tennessee. What I do is oversee the deployment of hardware or software across the district, whether it be to any of the 256 schools that we have or the 30 administrative sites that we have or the 15 off-sites that we have for food and distribution. Uh, These projects scale anywhere from uh, the delivery of maybe 500 to 1,000 computers to a specific school or to the purchase of a new food ERP management system all the way to deployments of 30 to 40,000 devices over hundreds of schools um, to make sure that they're in code for different types of state and federal laws. That's awesome. So you oversee the deployment of almost any product that goes into any school or any anything that's owned by Shelby County Schools. Was that Would that be a fair um, assessment? If it has to deal with computers or technology, that's pretty much a fair assessment. I'm going to touch it, hear about it, and most likely be the person that gives it to you. Okay, okay. You have a very, very important job to make sure that all the kids out in Shelby County are making sure that they have computers, man. And... I've heard about this thing called Friendly Fridays, and I know that we've had a a couple conversations about it. I'm kind of curious to hear about what Friendly Fridays are. I know our followers are really interested in to hear about Friendly Fridays. Can you kind of walk us through what exactly a Friendly Friday is? Okay, so Friendly Friday in itself is exactly what the words uh, denote to. Okay. It's Friday, it's the end of the week, and you know, you want it to be friendly. In a lot of different working environments, obviously the trend in this new age and time is more friendly, more open, let's get things more interactive. Well, in the working environment that I came into, that's just not something that was maybe preached or, I would say, even encouraged before I got there. Okay. Uh, the people that brought me in, and... The people that wanted uh, to see me and experience all the things that I said I could bring to the table asked me about different things I thought that could boost morale. Okay. And would you say the all of these people that you're working with are much older than you? Or what's what's kind of the age age range that you're working with? Uh, every, everybody in my office is older than me by at least 10 years. Wow. Wow. It's a great opportunity, uh, but it also has its challenges, and I would say uh, interesting moments. Okay, okay, so back to boosting morale. So they wanted you to boost morale, and then what happened? Uh, It took off. Uh, It's really difficult for people to not be happy when they're fed. 
and that was what I targeted first. So Friendly Friday was essentially me bringing the office trays of chicken minis and walking around and smiling and telling people, hello, it's Friday, we've made it, you've been successful, we've been successful, here's something to eat. Okay. After I did that, every Friday for a month, people started to expect it. Mm-hmm. So, the next month, people asked me, well, okay, this is, this is great that you're doing this, um, you know, but this is just you? And I said, yes. So, I said, but in the future... I was hoping to create teams and to get everybody involved. So if you like what I am doing, please let your supervisor know, and I'll make sure that when we have our next meetings and managerial meetings, it's passed to the appropriate parties and the right actions can be taken. Okay. And you were spending your own money on this food? Yes. Wow. So you... Noticed that morale was down a little bit. You were challenged by your leaders to help boost morale. You brainstormed and realized that everybody likes food. And then you went and bought food with your own money for everyone else around the office on Fridays. Am I hearing this right? Pretty much. That is insane. And how would you say that it's changed morale around the office today? Is it higher? Would you say people are more friendly are, are people is it more like a family now like like t- tell us a little bit about the dynamic of of your work environment past versus how it is now well in the past before all this happened i mean everybody was working in silos uh people were on the same team as far as project management security network teams are are um, like data analytics teams all those teams were groups of four or five people, but they didn't know people's names, they didn't know people's backstories, they didn't even know who to call for specific things because they didn't feel comfortable talking to each other in just their regular work day. Wow. That's that's so interesting, and I think it's it's interesting because all workplaces are so different, right? And when we think about, like, Big giant corporate offices, um, small entrepreneur offices like school systems, any anything you're gonna get many subcultures. I feel like in every culture, and it's almost like clicky, kind of like high school, right? Where people just kind of like stay in their click and they don't really like to converse. But it sounds like you are able to break through those those clicks, break through all of the uh, call it barriers in between people. And we're able to allow them to have one main place to actually converse and feel like a human being that's not at work anymore. Well, I think one of the things that you touched upon was close, but sheds light to exactly the issue of different work environments. Uh, The school system and the work environment that are employees and myself have is so unique because unlike um, a commercial business that is uh, business to consumer or unlike, you know, maybe a private entity that is business to business, we are business to government and our consumer are students. So 
it's hard for people to understand when or to be able to visualize the metrics of what success is mm -hmm. when students come to school regardless of how good or bad the school is. That's where things start to change and you start to realize that certain politics and certain things are way different when it plays under government funding mm -hmm. and necessarily numbers versus, oh, we didn't like this, we like this, this wasn't pretty, this wasn't high selling. That's not necessarily the case. It's more how can you justify spending $3 million for these laptops if people aren't passing. Wow. So I think that's really interesting, Andre. And that leads me to another question for you is, would you say that working for an entity that works with the government or for the government is completely different from a corporate or a public or, or private owned entity? Oh, I would say completely because of certain things that people understand and know from the government and then assumptions and beliefs that people also have with the government. Okay. You know, I hope that people understand that a lot of people like to join the military because they say the funny thing is government checks don't bounce. <laughs> that is right? so true. Yeah, it'll never shut down. Shut down. So if the government owes you money, it may take a while to get to you. But oh boy, you got a better chance of them giving it to you than you know John Doe or whoever else you may deal with. So people realize that if I get a contracting job where I work in the private sector and then I deal directly to the government, I'm always getting paid. I'm always getting paid, and then I'm also talking about dealing with real swaying amounts of money. We're not talking about six figures. We're talking about eight. Yeah. So I think that those types of things really play a role into the types of people, the types of entities you see, you see actually dealing with the government and the fact that the government also deals with a lot of things that deal with society infrastructure. So anything that has to do with military, education, health care, you know, social services, um, the constructions of roads and facilities, you know, it's really going to be hard for you. Or I don't think it would be, behoove you to not deal with the government. The government would be your best entity <laughs> to deal with because of their unique situation and standpoint when it comes to their financial prowess. Yep, that that makes total sense. And that's such an interesting viewpoint on it, too, because I think that I know for a fact myself, and I think that a lot of our followers don't necessarily understand how government entities work or how any entity that works with the government works. So thanks for giving us that context, because I think it's it's really helpful to help understand exactly, you know, the workplace and, and understanding the the total space when it comes to just looking for jobs. <clears throat> but last thing for you before before I let you go is if you had 90 seconds to give advice to our followers, what would that advice be and what would you say? I would tell them that whatever you thought was so great that you had an interest in when you were either younger or when you were rediscovering yourself or when you were just perusing through a magazine one day is exactly what you should be chasing now and for the future. I love it. 
<laughs> I absolutely love it. That's life is way too short to be going out and doing what others want you to do when in reality you're living your life. Go chase those dreams. Andre said it too. And Andre, if you could do one last thing for me, I feel like I'm asking you a bunch of uh, favors, but tell the people what we're here for. Redefine the steps to success the millennial way. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget to follow our blog at itsmillennialtalk.com. Follow us on social media at underscore millennial way on Instagram and Twitter.